Hi, and welcome to the Deeper Than Money podcast. I am your host, Chloe Elise. I'm a millennial money coach, speaker, dog mom, and a seven on the Enneagram. And I am on a mission to prove to you that finances can be fun and easy. On the Deeper Than Money podcast, we will dive into all things millennial finance, debt, saving, mindset, and how to have financial freedom to enjoy life in your 20s and 30s. I want you to leave this podcast with more confidence around your moolah and the belief that your biggest financial dreams are possible for you. So let's talk money. What is up? Welcome back to the Deeper Than Money podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about why you cannot land that dream opportunity. Maybe it is the job, maybe it is the move, maybe it is the promotion, but we're going to talk about why you cannot land it or why you think there's not even a shot for you. So let's dive in. This, I I was sparked to create this podcast episode a couple of, honestly, probably it's been a couple months now. Um, Maybe it was a couple weeks ago. I don't know. Anyways, I get a phone call from a guy friend of mine who I have been friends with him for a, a long time, one of my closest friends. And he calls me, we talk every every couple months, and he calls me and he's like, hey, what's up, what's going on? I'm like, nothing, we're chit-chatting. And he's like, all right, well, so here's why I called. How much would you sell 20% of Deeper Than Money for? How much would you sell 20% of your company for? And I laughed. I'm like, you know that Deeper Than Money is not for sale. I am not selling any part of it. And he's like, well, I mean, so you wouldn't even sell 10%, 5%. Like, you know, w- would you even consider it? And I said, you know, not right now. Um, but thank you. Thanks for asking. And, uh, you know, so we talk about some other stuff about, you know, the vision of the company and some, some big goals we have for the next couple years. And he says, okay, fine. I get, you're not going to sell it, but if you do, I better be the first person you call. Even if you sell 1%, whatever, I better be the first person you call. And I'm like, of course you would be, of course you would be. So, um, we get off the phone and it hits me. It hits me because he would be the first person I call. And that is what sparked this episode because so often, and you know, I'm by no means assuming that your dream is to buy a percentage of my company. However, so often, let's say in this scenario, you thought, oh man, I would just love to buy a percentage of Deeper Than Money. I know that they're that deeper the money is going to be uh, just, it's going to grow like crazy and I want to be a part of it. I want um, a percentage. But you think to yourself, well, I mean, she hasn't posted about selling it. She hasn't posted about selling a percentage or anything like that. So, I mean, she's probably not. Who do you think between that person who wants a percentage but hasn't seen me post, so says nothing, or my friend who calls me and says, I better be the first person you call. If I ever am to the point where I'm like, you know what, I want to sell a percentage, who am I calling? I am most likely calling him. I'm calling him. 
And, you know, it's the same thing where, and this has happened before, but um, if we need, uh, I will post oftentimes DTM, our team is growing really, really fast. And oftentimes I will post a thing that says, oh, we just hired a new person for Facebook ads, or we just hired a new person for um as a co-coach or whatever. And I will get so many DMs from people being like, oh my gosh, like I didn't know you were hiring. I wish I would have known. Like I would have applied. I really want to do this. And the people that we've hired are, are one because they've already pitched us. They already made it very clear to us that, hey, when you're looking to hire someone for Facebook ads. I want, I want that job. Here's my application. I want, I want to, to go and do this or for this position, whatever. And so a lot of times that is the person that we move on with and hire. And now, of course, we've had openings before and we will have openings again. But my whole point that I want you to get from this is that I want you to start pitching yourself for that dream opportunity. Because so often, the reason why you're not landing that dream opportunity for the dream job or the dream speaking opportunity or the partnership or the promotion, the reason you can't land it is because you wait for the invitation. You're waiting for the invitation. And instead, I want you to today, after you listen to this podcast episode and then you, you go and implement this, I want you to start pitching yourself for that opportunity. I want you to, and I did this all the time when I was in corporate and I absolutely 1 million percent um, attribute a lot of my success in corporate to doing this. But when I was in a certain job, when I was in a role in corporate, I would, from the very beginning, tell my boss, tell my manager, hey, I'm super happy in this position. I'm so grateful for this. But I want you to know that my goal is to move up to this position or move and get this promotion or move into this role within the next year. I want you to know that that is my goal. So even before I was ready to to go into that role or even before I knew there were openings, I explicitly said, this is what I want. This is what I want. And multiple times, especially um, now we live in Kansas City, and the reason we ended we moved to Kansas City in the first place was because I got a promotion at work. And that promotion was something where out of the blue, I got a call at corporate um, from my manager and her manager that said, Hey, I know that you've been wanting a role like this. A role opened, it's in Kansas City, and you were the first person we thought of. Why was I the first person they thought of? Now, I will say, I'm absolutely going to own this, that I was really, 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 really good at my corporate job, okay? So it's not like, oh, I was a horrible employee, but they still thought of me. Like, no, I was really good at my job. But I would bet that that is not the reason they called me. I, I believe that the reason they called me for different opportunities, but especially for that promotion to move to Kansas City, was because I had voiced it time after time again that, hey, I'm really happy where I'm at, but I, my goal is to get to here. So if an opportunity arises, I want it. If, um, you know, things are being moved around and there's room for growth, I want to know about it. I want to apply. I'm ready. So when that happened, I got the first call for it. And so we're going to talk about what this looks like. So I want you to imagine what it is that you want to pitch yourself for. 
And this, again, this could look like a lot of different things, a lot of different things. It could be you want to be, you want to speak at somebody's conference or you want to start working for a friend who owns a jewelry company. I have no idea. But regardless, it is time to start going after those opportunities. So let's talk about first what a good pitch is and what a good pitch is not. So a good pitch is not, number one, four four things that a good pitch is not and then four things that a good pitch is. A good pitch is not you saying, here's why I need this. I need this role. I need this move. I need this whatever. You don't want to word it like that. Similarly, it is not, here's why I need the money, right? Let's say it's a promotion at work. Do not make your pitch, I really need the money because I don't, like during COVID or whatever, it's, I'm struggling to pay rent or something. Don't make it about you. Don't make it about you. Number three, a good pitch is not super, super, super long or super, super short, a good pitch is not a huge, long four-page document, um, but a pitch is also not a DM that's like, hi, will you hire me for a VA or will you hire me for this, right? You have to have that in between, in between balance. And then number four, a good pitch is not very generic. We get a lot of pitches that we just delete. And I'm just being honest because we get pitches that are like, that seem like they were just copied and pasted that are like, hi, I'm a, I'm a VA, VA is an easy example, but VA stands for virtual assistant. But we'll get pitches that say, hi, I'm a VA. Are you looking for a VA? Here's how to hire me with a link. And it's like, what, like, are you just copy and pasting that to a million people? I don't even know your name. I, why do you want to, like, it's it just, it's so generic and it seems very like robot. And it could be for some of, who knows, that could be a spam link for all I know, because you haven't established credibility. I, I know nothing about who this person is. And so a lot of times we don't even like, it will go in, into the trash folder. I'm just being very honest. Um, here's what a good pitch is. Let's talk about the four things that a good pitch is. Number one, it's direct and it's confident. A good pitch, you're, it's clear. Sometimes we'll get pitches that we're like, "What are they? What are they talking about? Like, what are they asking for? What are they? What do they want?" So a good pitch is very direct. A good pitch is, "I am emailing you to apply for this position," or "I am emailing you because I would love to be your graphic designer." I am emailing you because very direct and very confident. Very confident. Um, the next thing is that it's personalized. It's personalized. It says, Hey, I was listening to the deeper than money podcast and listened to your episode on pitching for the dream opportunity. And a dream opportunity of mine is to blah, blah, blah. That is personalized. I can tell that you're not just sending out a million DMS, but that you, you, this is for us. This is for us to read. Number three, a good pitch shows that you know the brand. So it's not just personalized of here's your podcast episode that I listened to, but it also shows that you know the language, you know the language. And I'm going to give you an example of that in a second. But then number four is why they need you. So again, if you were pitching um, us, for example, if you're pitching DTM and you said, 
um, hey, I was on your, your website and I found a link that was broken and I, or I found a grammatical error. I would love to come into your company and be a editor or a proofreader and to stop things like that from happening because that would enable you to grow your company, blah, 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 blah. That shows why we as DTM need to hire the the copywriter, the proofwriter, whatever, as opposed to being like, hi, hire me. Do you see? It, it paints the picture differently. Now, I want to give you an example um, of our VA, and I asked her for permission to do this. But so Natalie is team DTM, and she has been working for DTM for almost a year. And I had posted... Um, in, I think it was November. I'd posted November on my story on Instagram and said, I'm looking for a virtual assistant. Um, I would love for them to be in Kansas City. And here's what I'm looking for, blah, blah, blah. So I'm going to read you part of her pitch because she sent this to me and immediately I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so impressed. So this is what her pitch said. I'm just going to read you the first like paragraph. And it was one, two, three, three paragraphs long. That's it. And they're small paragraphs. They're like two, three sentences each. So very easy email to read. I'm going to read this. She says, hi, Chloe. I'm Natalie, and I want to be your new personal virtual assistant. Number one, very direct right off the bat. Number two, confident. She's, she's not beating around the bush. She's like, I want to be this person. I live here in Kansas City. Boom. She's showing me because that was one thing I wanted. I'm a crazy dog mom, which, which shows me, tells me that she is familiar with my brand because I'm a crazy dog mom, right? She likely wouldn't have said that if the person didn't ever talk about their pets or didn't have pets. She's, she's showing that we have similarities and that we're compatible. So she says, I'm a crazy dog mom. I have daytime availability for virtual or in-person work. I said that was important. I'm organized. And then parentheses, like die and go to heaven in office depot organized. And social media, marketing, and design is my jam. Now, if she were pitching someone who was, I don't know, like in their 50s, who was very professional, and I'm not saying I'm not professional, but was very like, this is this is the position we are hiring for, and we want this, and send us your resume, right? That's not who I am. I talk like that. I say, this is my jam, right? Like, Credit karma is my jam. Let's talk about um, saving money. That's my jam. So she's using language that shows that she is she she knows my brand. Um, and then she goes on to say, "I'm experienced. I'm I have experience with this stuff." Blah blah blah. And then um, next paragraph, she says something like, "I feel like the stars aligned when I saw your Instagram story about this job. So I literally dropped the cookies I was making to sit down and write this email." That shows me that she is on it, right? She She's committed to this. She's excited for this and that she's stopping what she's doing to prioritize my company, which is a huge win, which is a huge win. Every single thing in this email was super impressive for me. So, and then she talks a little bit more and then um, her last line, she said, I'd love to meet for coffee and chat more about what you're looking for. Let me know. Or wait. And then she says, have fun in Charleston. I was in Charleston for Shay's birthday. So this was in November. And um, so she's showing me I'm paying attention to what you're doing. It was just so good. It was so good. I wanted to point that out because that was such an impressive pitch. I mean, from 
the second I got that email, I was like, it would be very hard for someone for <laughs> like, I would be very shocked if we hired somebody else from reading her first email from reading one email from her. So, and she's also the greatest person in the whole world. Shout out to Natalie. She's the best. We're so lucky to have her on team DTM, but I wanted to point that out because so often we don't go after opportunities. Now, yes, in this case, I did post about hiring and then she reached out with that email. But what I want you to take from this is that I want you to be putting together an email like that for the opportunities that you want. Now, don't use the same language she used. If you are applying for a position at your corporate job in the, I don't know, you're a CPA and you would like a raise in the accounting department and that's not how your manager talks, right? Don't use that same language, but use the, mirror the language, mirror the need, mirror and, and show why you are a good fit for that. So here's the thing. You're missing out on so many opportunities because you're not going out there and seizing them. Even if you're told no, this is the time to get told no. So you are still at the top of mind when the time comes. For example, my friend who called me and said, I want to buy a part of your company. I told him no, but he is still absolutely the top of my mind for if I ever do that. So even if you get told no right now, I still want you to do this because you're going to be top of mind for future opportunities. So here are the five things I want you to do after listening to this episode. Number one, make a list of the things that you would do if you were told yes every time. What would you apply for at work? If you were like, hey, I'd like to be the vice president. And they were like, yep, you got it, right? Like, what would you apply for at work? What what promotion would you try to get? What position would you try to get? What speaking opportunity would you try to get? What side hustle would you try to get? Would you start a company and, you know, work, try to pitch a a brand to work with? Who knows? Okay. Make a list of all the things that you would do. And yes, there better be at least 10, if not more. Number two, create a fantastic pitch. Choose one of the list, create a fantastic pitch and send a minimum of one per month. Okay. I'm not telling you to go send all 10 of those this week, right? That can feel overwhelming and just you don't do any. Choose one, create a fantastic pitch. I can tell you where I was when I read Natalie's email, which is that creepy? I don't know. Um, But I literally remember being like, oh, I got an email for this and reading it and being like, wow. Okay. That is what you want to do anytime you send a pitch. Number three, Follow up if you do not hear back. Follow up if you do not hear back. And I think even Natalie did this because, let me see, I think we had talked about getting coffee and then um, said, (laughs) okay, I can't find the email. I had it pulled up, but I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that I had said, okay, cool, let's let's meet for an interview at this time or next week, I'll reach out to you for the time. And then I didn't respond because I got busy and I'm pretty sure she followed up again and was like, hey, just wanna make sure that we get a time on the calendar. I know you're super busy, which is why you need this VA. Again, reiterates why I need this position. Um, wanted to bump this to, to the top of your email inbox and make it super easy. It is a blessing when you follow up. Okay, it's so easy to have emails get lost. And so if you do not hear back, follow up, follow up, follow up. Um, And if you get told no, 
regardless, let's say they respond back and say, hey, thank you for reaching out. We're not hiring for this position right now, or there's not an opportunity like that available right now. Not a problem. Respond back and say, thank you so much. Please um, let me know what I need to do to be put on the waiting list or to be top of mind for if this opportunity comes up again, something like that. And then number four, make a calendar appointment to touch base again in six months. So if you get told no, put on the calendar six months from now and six months from now, call again or email again, follow up with your boss again and say, hey, I know we talked about this six months ago and it wasn't the right fit. I wanted to see if any anything has changed since then. Follow up. And number five, show up for yourself. Show up for yourself. Go and create the opportunity. Go and get number one on the wait list for when that position opens or when there's a speaking opportunity or whatever. Go and create this for yourself. Your bank account, think about how often, how much this is going to impact your bank account, right? When you get the promotion, when you get the job, when you get the... Um, I don't know, the, the partnership you wanted. Like all of these things are likely tied to monetary gains, to, to an increase in salary or whatever. So this is money moves. These are money moves, people. Money moves. And we are here to make money moves. Even in 2020 when the whole world is just a dumpster fire. We're still out here making money moves figuring out ways that we can better ourselves, figuring out ways that we can level the frick up and position ourselves to either land the dream opportunity now or land it at some point, okay? I'm so proud of you for tuning in. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Deeper Than Money podcast. Make sure to go leave a review. It means so much to me when you do. Um, And I will see you back next week for another episode of the Deeper Than Money podcast. 